0: to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward, because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. What's up, University of Adversity family? So pumped to be back today. Thank you so much for joining me again. We got another really cool cat joining us. His name's Matt Labrie. He works alongside of uh, Damon John. If you've never seen Damon John, Damon John is one of the hosts of Shark Tank. It's going to be really cool. He works alongside him and he's got some super, super good value to add to our audience and to all of you. So we're really excited to have him on. Make sure to go hit that subscribe button on iTunes, everyone, and listen to an episode. Leave us a review, five stars. Really appreciate it. This baby's growing and we need your help. So really appreciate it. So excited to get into this episode. Also, again, make sure to leave your your reviews. We're going to start reading them on each episode. I'm going to pick the best review, the most interesting one, the newest one, and read it out. So if you want to get your review read on air, then uh, make it a good one and let's pour them in. So really excited. Going to dive right in. Just got a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll see you on the other side. How would you like to make direct impact of our youth today? So important, right? Well, here's your chance. It's called Aprons for Gloves. What this is, is this is a nonprofit organization created by the Eastside Boxing Club. The whole mission of this is in the community to help improve lives and build community through boxing, right? By having um, a space that supports these members and community involvement, the participants get to collaborate in these different fundraising campaigns so that we can actually see how this impacts the youth, which is really cool. The four programs that are going to be offered after school boxing program for the at-risk youth, young adults class for youth working to improve their mental health, free self-defense for females. And number four will be moms and tots program. Really awesome thing. So how this works is the event itself is going to be called the restaurant rumble. Now this has been going on for eight years and it's been growing. It's going to be at the Commoner ballroom, August 20th. So, People that work in the bar industry, restaurant industry, past or present, decide they get together and they commit for three months to train at Eastside Boxing Club while raising money. Now, the goal is to hit 2000 bucks. Once you hit 2000 bucks, you qualify for a fight. Okay, And depending on how well you've done and how much effort you put in, you may get a contender fight. So I've decided to do this. It's crazy, I know. I, I was just like, wow, when I heard this at first... I said I didn't know if I wanted to do it, and now I'm doing it, and it's amazing, and it's just such a good cause. It goes with my cause, with University of Adversity, making impact, and that's what I want to do. I want to give, make impact, and do so many things for the youth. It's just, this is a perfect starting point for me, and I'm so excited about it. So what I'm going to do is putting on, I'm going to be raising the money. Hopefully, you guys will want to donate. I'm going to be giving this shout out every single episode until August 20th. I'm going to be putting on an event, all this kind of stuff. I'm going to update this as we go on. But the main thing here is this is a great cause. A lot of times growing up, we would have gotten into trouble. I know myself, if I didn't have sports, if I didn't have hockey, soccer, all these things, or at least mentors or people offering these programs, then I would have gotten into trouble. Right? Because a lot of times you get into trouble when you have too much time on your hands. These young minds wander, right? You just want to, you don't have an outlet. And giving this this outlet is going to create discipline, going to teach them about nutrition. There's so many amazing things. And at the same time, we get to train for an amazing cause and raise money. So there's going to be a link. There's a link in my link tree, guys. Please donate. I really, really appreciate it. This is for the kids. And I'm going to share this journey. As you guys probably know, you're going to be seeing all kinds of different stuff happening with transformation and stories and videos on my Instagram and Facebook. So it's really exciting. So I hope you guys will join me for this ride and donate Aprons for Gloves 2019 for the Restaurant Rumble. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest has been through a lot in his life and has turned many situations of adversity into positive action. After failing out of college, getting kicked out of two high schools, dealing with divorce, and worst of all, witnessing his mom battle cancer he has been able to turn himself around in a big way and inspire many people. He is now a York College alumni, entrepreneur, public speaker, and is currently working as a content coordinator for Damon John at his consulting firm, The Shark Group. He also runs a successful podcast called Decoding Success, which is geared towards decoding the game-changing habits, characteristics, and beliefs of some of the world's most successful individuals, From various fields. So I'm really excited to have him on so we can really see how it's possible to overcome a lot of hard things in your life and to really be able to apply yourself when you want to and to create some amazing things. So really excited to have him on. Give it up for Matt Labrie. Lance,
1: thank you, man.
0: Thank you. I truly do appreciate the opportunity to be
1: rocking with you. So thank you for that
0: yeah man, I'm really excited to have you on. you know we connected and I you know it's it's amazing, and I say this all the time. People may get sick of it, but I love podcasting because you get to connect with these amazing humans that you wouldn't normally and I just love seeing the stories you know it's just it's inspiring to me and it's inspiring to so many people because so many people have a story, and a lot of times you only see the success. And you only hear about that. And I like to dive in before and find out about the human, you know, and find out about like how you became who you are. So if you don't mind, let's fill in the gaps. Maybe take us back a little bit to your, to growing up and start where you want to start, but maybe just kind of paint a picture as your life before and kind of how you evolved into who you are today.
1: For sure, man. I don't want to take up too much time on this. I want to get into the nitty gritty, but like you said, taking us back, Man, I'll take you back to my first ever entrepreneurial venture. I was 12 years old and I started a restaurant. Now, whenever I say this during my keynotes or my speeches around the country, people look at me crazy, but all seriousness, what I did was, I'm going to keep it short, I took my mother's groceries and I sold them. When you're 12 years old or <laughs> however old you are, you know, like you're into buying Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and baseball cards, basketball cards, whatever the case is, like you're into something, right? Right. And I just wanted money. And my parents, listen, I was spoiled. I'm grateful for everything they gave me, but I wanted more. So I kind of found a way to create more for myself, although it only lasted a week. But I realized that I wanted to create and I started to sell my parents groceries, man. I did it with my next door neighbor. We were both in trouble for quite some time. But, you know, that's 12 years old. At the same time, my parents were going through a divorce. Like I said, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. At that same time, 12 years old, you're kind of transitioning into that phase to go to high school. I didn't get into any high schools. I was relying solely on my athletic abilities. That's what I grew to love, baseball, basketball. That was what I grew to love. I figured, and, you know, my dream was to play professional baseball. Finally, get into a high school, taking you through this journey now. Get into a high school. By the graces of my network, I will say that. It wasn't because of my grades, trust me. Definitely wasn't because of my behavior. Trust me on that too. Mm. Graces of my network get into this high school. It only took me a year to get kicked out. Literally one year, disciplinary reasons, man. It was rough. I went to an all boys school. My parents thought it would be best for me to go to a small school. They were so wrong. It made me even worse. Mm. You know, it made me even worse. And again, I found myself at another high school. Again, the network got me into there was bigger and better school if you're familiar with Lamar Odom the NBA player or Speedy Claxton these are the type of individuals that went here to play sports so I figured this would be better off for me and I went there I, I was kind of on better behavior but listen again 17 years old I'm a senior or 16 17 years old I get kicked out I lost my dream of playing professional sports that same year after I tore the laborman in my shoulder. No college wanted to talk to me. I lost all my college scholarships. I was kind of lost in the sauce. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But one positive out of that year was that I started my first or I should say I started to monetize my personal brand. And monetized my personal brand. Started working with the likes of 50 Cent and Fetty Wap and Jadakiss and Fat Joe. And I'm gonna give a disclaimer before I say this next name. I had nothing to do with Fire Festival, but I worked with Ja Rule too. So amazing, amazing individuals. And going into college, I had no clue what I wanted to do. I just lost my dream of playing professional sports. Right? I just said it. That was, that was all I grew to love. Now that's out the window. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I went to school to become a gym teacher. A gym teacher in my high school had this really nice Rolex. He drove this really cool Mercedes Benz. He had this Cuban link chain, a uh, diamond pinky ring with his initials. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be a gym teacher. Little did I know that he owned real estate and clubs and things of that nature. So it wasn't exactly what I planned. And it only took me a year and a half to fail out of college.
0: Yeah. It's crazy how what your perspective when you're growing up, when you see somebody that you just by things like having a nice watch or a nice car that you think that that lifestyle is what it is, but there's so many things that other factors that it could be, it's all perception and <laughs> you don't really know what's going on in anyone's life. I know I could probably take this far and go on a tangent with it, but especially when you're young, you know, you look up to these people and you see these things and you make judgments and and it's never usually what it what it seems as it was for you
1: man it's crazy, you know, and sometimes that's the that's the way you have to learn you yeah, know yeah. unfortunately i'm thick headed like i'm going to be real i'm thick headed everything that was I was told don't do I did to find out why i shouldn't do it you know that's the type of person I am,
0: so you're talking about your personal brand there from that point of view, so where have you worked and you you worked with some big names there, so maybe can you kind of like fill in that kind of before we kind of get into? Another direction, I'm kind of curious, and I'm sure anyone listening, you worked with some big names. So, how how does your personal brand tie into them?
1: You know, so when I say personal brand, what I mean is uh, essentially we all have one, right? When we're born, you know, we're given life and we're given a personal brand. The only thing is you have the choice, and choice is a very powerful word. You have the choice to own that or not. And what I mean by that is you have the choice to dictate how you're perceived by the world. Or let the world perceive you however they want. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And what I did was I said, I'm going to start owning who I am. I'm going to start showing the world who I am and not just let them come up with some assumption of who Matt Labrie is, right? And at that time, I was in events. So it became the quote unquote party plug, the person who had the cool event to go to. And then when you start bringing in these names, next thing you know, like you're known for that.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. And talking about adversity and overcoming adversity, Ja Rule, man, it's crazy when you think about, I mean, he was, I grew up listening to him too. I mean, I'm 35. I'm not sure how how old are you? 26. Okay. So he was, his music was huge, man. When I was in high school, like huge. And it's just too bad because he's going to have to battle some serious shit to get out of this. Right. And I mean, it's unfortunate, but so many people and there's different ways that they're going to face adversity and stuff like that. It's going to be tough for him to come out and, and figure himself out, but I'm sure it'll be, yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got quite a bit of work ahead of him in that, in that regard.
1: It's tough, man. Listen, and that's exactly what adversity is, right? The higher you climb up the ladder, the more that adversity tries to push you back down the ladder, Yeah, you know? And at the same time in return though, the higher you get up the ladder, the more you're able to handle You know, so there's an even exchange there, but no, I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah. And, but you know what, man, everything is a lesson and you know, he's got to, sometimes you get up to that level and it's another lesson. And you know, how are you going to, are you going to let it destroy you? Are you going to come out on top? Because, and there's always all these different stories too. We don't actually know exactly, like, I mean, maybe you do, maybe, but like the perspective of the people so many people, there's different stories, right? And, you know, he gets painted in as one of these people that was, you know, but I personally don't know. I only know what I saw on Netflix, you know, it's
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I don't know anything about that. I had yeah, yeah. I had nothing to do with that.
0: No, yeah, no, for sure. No, for sure. No, no, I just meaning as in like, you know, him being in the spotlight is having to, he, he's going to have to go through adversity as well. So, you know, so many people have to go through these challenges and stuff. And, I really want to talk to you about because something that we have in common is dealing with cancer in our family. You know, I lost my dad to cancer, which was really, really tough. And I also lost my brother to suicide within the same short period of time. So stuff that i never really faced before and it kind of hit me. And then when it hits you, you're like, whoa, this is what that feels like because you hear about other people going through that. How did that impact you? You know, like how did that, was that something that you had gone through before, or was that like the first time it sort of hit you with like something so serious?
1: Yeah, man, it, it, it's definitely tough. That would be the first time that I've experienced it to a point where I understood what was going on. When I was younger, my mother had a cancer scare, but it was just a scare. It wasn't as serious as it was this last time around. and how did I deal with it? You want to know what, man? Uh, unfortunately, I thought I was going to be able to mask my pain. The pain that I was feeling on the inside by just making more money. And I thought that money was going to heal all. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to keep hustling. I'm gonna, I'm going to make everything right. And it was around that same time that I just mentioned, you know, I failed out of college, you know, and I'm literally watching my mother on her couch battling cancer, you know, and I'm saying to myself, damn, like I just added to her pain by letting her son, her only son fail out of college. And like I was just saying, I I started to work more. I had that time on my hands and I was actually working five jobs at one point. Literally, I had my own business. I was, like I said, I was monetizing my personal brand in the event industry. Mm -hmm. I was delivering for a restaurant. I was doing some stuff for my, my friend's restaurant. I was working at a gym, like just masking it the to- totally the wrong way. So in my opinion, I was handling it wrong. And I didn't realize that up until maybe a year or two ago.
0: So what are some things that you started to do differently, though, that kind of got you on the right path? Was it mindset? Was it books? I see you, like anybody that's we don't have the video of this, but I mean, you got a lot of books there. Did some of the books kind of help you? on a new path or did you start to do different daily routines? Usually there's a lot of factors, but you know, what are some things that you used in your life that helped you kind of, you know, shift?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Lance.
0: To be honest, man,
1: it was just three words, no book, no nothing, three simple words. And those three words completely changed my life. And those three words were legacy over currency. And that was said by Gary Vaynerchuk in like his 2009 Ted talk or something of that nature way before people knew about him. And this wasn't even in 2009. I just happened to stumble across this video on YouTube. And I remember hearing that and I said to myself, I have a bigger purpose to serve. I have a way, way bigger purpose to serve. And I need to start acting on that because if I don't start acting on that, what is this one life that I have going to amount to? You know, like, what am I going to be remembered for? Am I going to be remembered for having X amount of dollars in my bank account? Or am I going to be remembered for having X amount of impact in the world? And when I started to weigh that scale, now I say scale, I'm a Libra, I'm not even into astrology, but, you know, that's literally what, what happened. And when I started to weigh those two options, I realized that I needed to start making an impact. I needed to start changing the way I was living my life. And I was previously living a currency over legacy. Like I just said, I was masking all of my pain with making money. And then when I changed that and I started living legacy over currency, I realized that, hey, like I need to start making some major changes in my life that will create differences that I need to see, whether that was with my relationship with my family, because I didn't have a good relationship with my family. I'm not saying I have the best one now, but it's definitely improved over time, right? And that's what we want. We're not gonna see drastic changes in the blink of an eye, but over time, we could see little little incremental changes, which is good, steady progress, right? I started making more changes to my health and waking up early and realizing that pulling myself thin wasn't the way that I needed to go. And I, I just made those changes to, everything i was doing and now i'm i'm reaping the benefits of it man
0: yeah that's awesome so did you kind of have to define you know what your why and your mission and purpose is because sometimes people don't even have a clue and that's the problem they think that it's the money but it's not the money that they're it's what the money will give them it's that freedom it's the it's not the actual money. The thing that people think it's, it's like, well, what will that success give you and how it'll make you feel? Right. And what can you do with that? Like, how did you define, because there's so many different opinions, but and things have changed a lot in the last 10 years on how people go, go about thinking about money and business. You know, how did you define that and what is your, you know what is what kind of impact do you want to have like what is it that you're what is your mission essentially?
1: Yeah. so when it comes to my my mission well, let's call it purpose, let's, yeah let's purpose. call it, let's, let's call it purpose, yeah, just for this instance, what I realized recently is that you can't go searching for your purpose, and the reason why I say that is because us as humans, if we are here, if you're listening to this right now, me and you Lance, we are purpose mm. right. We are purpose already. So what, what I'm saying is along your journey, along your life's journey, life is a journey, not a process. Let's, let's clarify that too. Along your, along your life's journey, you're going to strike your purpose. Hmm. You are going to strike it. it. It will be there. Now, the, the thing is people start searching for their purpose because they feel they need to find it and start attacking it, right? People start searching for their passions and all of this. Man, patience. Patience. It's just like my epiphany happened at, let's say, 21, 22 years old. Maybe it was 22, 23. I don't even really remember. But someone else could have their epiphany at 63. And that's okay because we're all different. We're all unique, right? I feel like so many of us are trying to be people that we're not. And when you try and be that person that you're not, you're not in alignment with who you truly are. You know, so my mission, I stumbled across it. I was just doing things that I wanted to do, or I was testing out new things, right? And an example I always give is, you know, identify what your favorite food is and ask yourself how you grew to know that you like that food. Mm. And it's because you tried it, right? So I started to try different things. And now Lance, your question is, what's my mission? My mission is to impact the lives of 1 billion people. 1 billion people is an eighth of the world. There's 7.5 billion individuals in this world today and I'm gonna impact one eighth of that. The reason I was able to come across that is because I did a speaking engagement and during that speaking engagement, or I should say after it, all 65 of the people that I spoke to came up to me and told me how amazing that talk was. Even though I thought it sucked, I'm gonna keep it real, I thought it sucked. But that feeling I had It was like a girl giving me butterflies. You ever get butterflies in your stomach, like from a significant other? And that was the feeling of fulfillment. And I said to myself, you want to know what? I want to help people. I want to help people. And that's how I found my mission. I didn't go with a magnifying glass and a flashlight looking around for it. I crossed it on my journey and I identified it. And I said, you know what? This is it. This is it. And I'm going to own
0: that. I totally get what you mean too, man. And I've talked about it before. You get like a high when you talk to people or something like, especially after a conversation like this, I'm flying after man. And (laughs) I get to speak. I accidentally spoke. I haven't done a lot of public speaking, but I have done a little bit when it wasn't, it was like an accident. I was asked to go speak about something and man, what a high, like what a thrill. And I know exactly what you mean. And you're like, Oh, this is what it feels like to do something that I really, that lights me up. You know? Yeah, know, it's like, it's an amazing feeling to find that. And the difficult thing is that people do so many things that they don't want to do because they need to pay the bills or they need to, they were told that they need to suffer to find what it is they want. And that that's the thing that I find tricky. And I find it, it's hard sometimes for people is because they don't know whether they should keep doing what they're doing. And they'll all of a sudden find what they're looking for or if like they should follow more of their gut and actually just stop doing things that don't make them feel good. It's tough sometimes because there's a certain amount of struggle like the Gary Vee, which is great, right? But then there's some that say, well, you shouldn't have to struggle that much if you're finding something that's truly aligned with you. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, my take on that is this. Everyone's different. Yeah. You know, everyone's different. So I might say one thing and the next person you have on the show might say another. Yeah. And that's okay, right? Definitely. It really comes down to what resonates with you. So in regards, to, in regards to all of that, it's really just identify what you feel is best for your life. So my advice would be don't quit your day job. You know, like, listen, even if you don't love it, what I would suggest you do is find something that you do love, identify something that you do love, do it for free a couple of times. Find a way to do it for free a few times. See if it's something that you would do for free the rest of your life. And, it, and if it is, start making move towards it. Yeah, you know, Make a move towards it. Otherwise, man, like, don't quit your day job. Trust me, because I've made moves like that. I've jumped off the cliff with two feet and tried building a plane on the way down. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience. And again, this is my experience, but that's my advice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's looking at life through a different lens and all you can do is take the knowledge that you hear from people and kind of, you know, apply it and try it in your own life, you know, while being smart at the same time. But there's also a degree of taking a risk, which is important as well, you know, but without, you know, risking certain people's risk is different. Certain people don't have families, some do. So you obviously got to be smart, but yeah. And it's sometimes going after things that are out of your normal reach is scary and, but that's a good thing. And I mean, you're not going to be perfect at it. Practice makes the master, you know? So a hundred percent I wanted to like, who really, who really inspires you? You know, there's usually people in your life that kind of you listen to and you're like, man, this, this is awesome or whatever, you know, who is that one that you aspire to be like, and that you could, that it really lights you up when you listen to them.
1: So it's going to sound cliche, but I mean, I would have to say Damon John, you know, just because I'm in proximity of him, being around him, working directly with him, you know, that's an experience that I'm truly grateful for. And I'm not going to lie. I've tried modeling a lot of things that I do after him. And and even recently, I realized that, hey, like I'm not at that level yet. Although I was able to taste it, I'm not quite there and ready to handle it. I'm personally right now battling anxiety. I went on a trip to North Dakota. I did a speaking engagement in Minnesota. It was right across the border, so I stayed in North Dakota. You, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And it was the complete trip from hell to get there. And that was like two, three weeks ago, dude, and I'm still dealing with the anxieties of the traveling alone and getting stuck in Chicago and then having to drive four hours from Minneapolis to where I needed to be. Like all of that is still weighing in on me. And I realized that as much as I'm inspired by him, and as much as I tried to model some of the things I do after him, I realized that I'm not quite there yet. So when it comes to individuals that inspire us and things, I think it's good to be inspired by them. But again, realize that you are you for a reason.
0: Well, yeah. What are some of the things? Because I, I mean, I watch him on Shark Tank. The guy's awesome. Like, I love the guy. He's, I love that whole show, man. Like, I, me and my girlfriend watch it all the time because there's so much shit bullshit on TV that I actually love, I like that. I learn a lot from it. And what are some of the things that he does that lifts you up and that maybe inspires you on a daily basis? Because that's pretty awesome to work in proximity to somebody so successful. And he never had it easy. He worked hard. And that's what I love about his story. So like, what are some of the things that he does unique that is different, that really kind of gets you excited? The one thing, I'll leave it at one
1: because it's just so amazing to watch it. Yeah.
0: He is so great
1: at fostering relationships. Mm. So great at fostering relationships. Like the guy didn't go to college, so he doesn't know psychology unless he read it in a book. I've never asked him, but clearly he understands people. He's a people person. I, I mean, not to sound cliche again, but he's quote unquote, the people shark, right? So he's a people person. So I've been in meetings with him where I'm on one side of the table and there's another side of the table and he's kind of in the middle of the table and both sides are kind of going at it in a professional way. And he's just there acting so calm. And I'm like, damn, like that's an amazing
0: trait to have, you know? Yeah, man. Because if you break it down at the human level, so many people know a lot of things, right? Who is the best at Who is the best at connecting with the human, and who is the best at communicating that message to them, and receiving a message, but in a way that's um, that, that doesn't offend anybody, and that is there's a certain skill, and I'm trying to articulate it myself with people that know how to connect and to know how to communicate. If you can communicate efficiently. You know, good or bad without offending people. And people usually feel better than they did before they had the conversation. Because you could do that in a way that's impactful. It may not be the most positive, but there's still a way to lift somebody up while having a conversation that's not 100% positive. That's what I feel is what sets people apart. 100%. The influencers, the ones that can communicate the best. And communication is a lot more complicated than it is, but it's also simple. And that's why I love these shows is because you can really connect with people and find out things and have these conversations and you learn every time you have them right you can probably agree with me every time you have them I mean, it just makes you you just improve
1: yeah right it's great stuff man it's a learning experience you know it's a learning experience you know and that's the cool thing about it you know when when you connect with people that are open minded and, you know, people that aren't arrogant and people that aren't, you know, cocky and, and realize that they can grow as well. Like, I'm, I'm learning from you right now. That, that's the type of mindset I love to surround myself with, you know, people that have that mindset. So, you know, again, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity.
0: No, man, I'm grateful. And I'm, thank you. I just, I love it because when you take, you break down all the things, all the money, all the success, we're all just human beings trying to get through this life this simulation or whatever we're in here you know and it's like who's the best communicator how do you make people feel man people won't remember anything but how you made them feel you know For sure. yeah like did you make them feel good or did you make them feel like shit it's so it's crazy when you think about it like that and that's the fundamentals of it and yeah when i watch when i watch high performers on shark tank or any of the mentors like i was at tony robbins He's not even human, man. Like, Which I've, one did you go to? I went to Unleash the Power Within. I love it. I went to that on November. Oh, did you? Yeah, I just went a month ago. That was like something I just, I get goosebumps talking about it because I don't know how a human being can do what he does, you know? Oh, man, it's powerful. Like, what was your favorite, what was your takeaway from Unleash Power Within?
1: So I still do priming every morning. I don't necessarily do the diet they they rolled out, but I very much so watch what I eat. Uh, I do the priming. I, I don't necessarily get myself in that um that peak state all the time. You know, I don't do that ho- all uh, hoorah rah rah stuff. But just generally, man, just understanding myself more after that experience, and I, I totally loved walking on the fire. That was totally dope,
0: man. What a crazy crazy experience that was, like. I, for me, man, it was more about, I don't know about you, but in the convention center in LA, there was like thousands of people trying to get through like two doors to go outside. And for me, talk about anxiety and claustrophobia. These are things that I've fought my whole life. And the harder part was just being in that crowd and just like kind of walking to the back, you know, for all you guys listening, there was 15,000 people. So imagine 15,000 people trying to get outside to the, in the dark, right? So everybody was totally relaxed. There's nobody drinking or anything. So everyone's like fine. But it's just a slow-moving crowd, and getting out there and standing there in the dark with all these people, it it could affect some people, and it affected me. By the time I got to the coals, time to walk. That was the easy part. (laughs) I was like, yes, it's over. Yes, and like I was, I was just so happy to be out of that 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 crowd of people, man. And that was just super, super special. Because Tony Robbins has always been. That's like my mentor. That's like my go-to, right? I love it. If I could have one person to to learn from and, and be one day, which is very, very hard to become him, but just his peak level of performance, just the the ability that he... What I try to explain to people is to show people that what we're actually capable of as a human being and how we don't live in our full potential. We have so much to pull out of us, and we don't usually, you know? Yeah. And he, no, could, he, he pulls that energy out of
1: you somehow. And that you didn't even know you had like, it's, he does, man. He gets you to tap into it. I love it.
0: Yeah, man. I want to talk about your podcast and I want to talk about, you know, what it's done for you. You know, I know, you know, we kind of touched on it here, but like what kind of guests, I know you've had some big names on there. What has it done for your confidence? What has it done for your, your, your growth? And, you know, what do you expect for it to do coming up here in the future? For
1: sure. You know, probably one of the main things it's taught me is that you're not always going to hear yes. You know, I think that was probably one of the main things it's taught me. And like I said earlier, I was kind of a spoiled child. Uh, I didn't always hear yes my whole life, but... You know, I'm I'm reaching out to some pretty big, powerful people that are in my network, and uh, I do hear no every now and then. So, getting used to hearing no has been a pleasant delight, believe it or not, and it's it's been a nice wake up call. But on top of that, you know, learning from individuals, like like you just said, man, it's a complete networking opportunity, and sometimes. I'm even selfish with it. And I use it as a full mentor session because I know what's being said is still valuable to the people that are listening, right? Because there's other people that are in my shoes. They just might not have a platform like a podcast or maybe they want answers from an individual I'm interviewing and they just can't get in touch with them, you know? So I'm just like full on sponge mode, just Mm. soaking it all in and the learning is exponential there's no limit to it because I can learn from everyone. Like I just said, I'm learning from this opportunity right here, right now. So the podcast is, it's taught me so much from habits to ways to view success, to ways to stay on track to achieve success. Because as human beings, we're going to fall off track every now and then. If you say you don't, you're, you're not a human, you know, or you're not trying, you know, either or, but man, it's endless. It's truly endless.
0: Yeah, and I, I think we got to credit someone like Gary Vee as well because he's, he opened up a whole other way of thinking when it comes to business and entrepreneurs about giving value for free. And I really truly believe that he opened that up for podcasting for people because for a long time, there was a lot of very scarcity mindset like, oh, I don't want to give that away. If I give that away, then I'm going to lose. It's not about competing with each other about giving value to people. And that's what people realize now. People realize that, hey, you know what? I can give value and it's not going to affect my business. I'm not going to lose. I'm not trying to compete with the Joneses. It's about competing with yourself yep. better than you were yesterday. And I love how Gary Vee has talked about giving value. And now people, like I said, so people come on podcasts and it's like a way for them to give back because they know it'll come back to them as well. Because... There's people listening all over the place. Podcasts are the new radio. It's a golden age right now. It's just gonna blow up even more. And that value can really change someone's life. And it's such an awesome time to bring people together in a way that's not trying to sell them stuff, not being annoying like traditional interviews were, but just like really having a real conversation. That's why I try to in my shows, I try and have like a conversation, have maybe ask a couple questions, but for me. I want to have just like a human being conversation, you know? And 100%. Pull out some gold because cause if the gold comes out naturally without having to constantly ask them a million questions, I feel like it feels better for me. So yeah, podcasting has been so incredible, man. Who stands out as like a pretty impactful one that maybe you expected or a guest that, that sort of blew you away? Because sometimes some guests you think are going to be Game changers and you're like, oh, this is gonna be awesome because you see them one way and it's like, oh shit, it's not as easy as I thought. And then some are a little bit more open. Do you have any examples of those? So
1: my best interview to date, well, I shouldn't say my best interview, but probably my favorite. They're all amazing. Yeah, all of them sure. are amazing. Yeah. But there was one, uh, this gentleman named Patrick David, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He he's huge. He's he has a company called Valutainment. All oh, over Yeah, he,
0: yeah, of course. He's awesome.
1: Yeah, he is the man. And you know what, he talked to me like he was my father. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. He was talking to me as if I was his child. And it was like, we were having a father son conversation. And by the end of it, like, I was just like, wow, so meaningful. Uh, it, it wasn't like pulling teeth. You know, I, I didn't have to dig deep for an answer I was looking for. Like, he had amazing stories and they just all tied into every question. And typically I'll go into a podcast with a plan. You know, I'll have a couple questions laid out next to me yeah. because if conversation does kind of just come to a stop and I'm sure you're familiar with that oh, as yeah. well, I could always look down at that and, and pull a question, but man, it, it was just like, I was talking to a second father. Yeah. You know, and it was amazing.
0: Yeah, totally. And it's funny because I'm launching it. I have a production. We basically have a podcast. Um, we do done for you podcast for people. So we have a client right now where we're putting together his podcast, but like people sometimes don't realize the difference when you're interviewing people, the challenges that can come because like oh, yeah. they can be great speakers. But sometimes when you're talking to somebody or they're going, you have to be thinking ahead of where am I taking this? like if they stop suddenly or if they, you kind of have to, and as you've probably gotten to be good at this as well. You kind of have to be always on your toes and have those sort of leading questions. But at the same time, like there's just a certain technique that you get. And I remember the first couple times I did it, it was tough. Cause I was like, oh shit, he stopped. What am I going to say? And <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. And I, I found some of our clients like just it's sort of like, Figuring that out, like how do you kind of take it to the next conversation without it being like, okay, question three, where were you? And you know, exactly, what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Well, oh, cool. he's he's a cool dude, man. I'd love to connect with him. He seems I followed him for a while. I like when he shows about his past, like what he was when he was younger and stuff. He's a man. Super, super guy. He
1: got an amazing story. Amazing story. And I, I didn't know the nitty gritty details about him, but after the interview I learned about it and I'm just like, man, this guy overcame adversity. You know, I I think that I overcame adversity, but he overcame adversity. He's literally seen bombings in his home country, you know, like insane, man. Insane.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And, and sometimes you don't even realize it and these. But that's the thing. I, I So many people that are successful have these stories and you rarely hear about them. And yeah. I try, I'm get, trying to get better at figuring out how am I going to go there? Because if they don't tell you beforehand, sometimes it'll come up, but sometimes, you know, you don't know whether to how deep you want to go and how deep they want to go. So, and that's what I mean. Sometimes you go into it and you think it's not going to be as deep, but it goes deep. And in some people you're thinking, Oh, this is going to be amazing. And it's not as deep as you thought. So very, very cool stuff, man. Very cool stuff. Where, what's the plan? What's your, what's your plan for the next little while? You know, I mean, you've overcome a lot of things. You're working with some amazing people. What are you working on? Where can everybody find you? You know, what should we look forward to here?
1: So the the goal, man, the goal is to impact a billion lives. You know, I I do that all sorts of ways. Like I'm again, third time I'm saying it, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to chop it up with you here. Even if we impact one person, man, you know, like that's still chopping at the tree and then the compound effect kicks in where that person can impact another one. So by all means, man, it it all revolves around impact. Uh, I'm really big with impact over income. Obviously, I still like to make money. I'm going to keep it real. Who doesn't? We need to survive. We all have bills. We all have a lifestyle we want to keep up with. But yeah, man, I hop on podcasts all the time. I have my own podcast, which is still in the plans. I love speaking, man. Speaking is really my passion. Being able to connect with people face-to-face is absolutely amazing, and I do it all throughout the country, hoping to break international ground soon. I would love to do some international stuff, but I was just in Florida. I was in Texas. Minnesota, North Dakota, Jersey, Connecticut. So I'm literally all over doing all of that stuff. But on top of that, I have a branding agency, which is, you know, my bread and butter. I really like helping people develop their brands, whether it's a business or an individual in regards to creating difference, because that's what branding is. Branding is the art of differentiation. And I like helping people own or businesses own who they truly are. You know, and we talked about it a bit earlier in the show. So those are the main things I got going on. In regards to social, I'm always putting out social content. Uh, you could find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's just at Matt Labrie. Very easy. M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S. So I'm all over, man. Uh, I'm doing it.
0: And Decoding Success is your podcast as well. So make sure everybody, guys, make sure you check it out. He's had some awesome people on there. And obviously, you're working with some pretty pretty epic people. So, I mean, it's only going to get better for here for you, man.
1: That's the um, goal, man.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, lo- I love it. And it's great. It's exciting, you know, and there's there's, there's just so many things that could come out of it. This is the one question I do ask everybody. What's the one thing if you had to recommend somebody to overcome adversity with all the things that you've done that somebody could use to overcome adversity, to go on, to become successful and go get through whatever it is they want to get through in their life.
1: So I just learned this yesterday during a meditation. So I'm so glad you asked this. I literally just learned this because as I said earlier, I'm dealing with some anxiety. But in regards to any adversity, not just anxiety, uh, whether it's a death in the family or, um, you know, you're watching your mother battle cancer, your parents are divorced. Acceptance. Acceptance. And the reason why I say that is because we can't go back into the past right? Like we we don't have time machines just yet. We're not there just yet, but accept what happened to you or accept what is happening to you. And when you adapt to that, and when you accept that, how you perceive that event that you're going through is what determines the outcome. I'm not sure if you're familiar with John Gordon, but he has an amazing book called The Energy Bus. It's right here behind me. And he has an equation in there. And that equation is E plus P equals O. The events that we go through in life, how we perceive them is what truly determines the outcome. So accept that event and perceive it in a way that you can pull something from it of value, right? In, in every failure, there's a lesson in, in anything we go through in life. There's a lesson. So if, if that's anything I could leave any anyone off with, that would be it. Awesome, man.
0: That's great. And yeah, you said it well. And I, I love that last, I always get such awesome answers for that. So Super grateful to have you on, man. Thank you so much for joining us. So much value there. And I'm really excited to see what you can create in the next while. And I'm super stoked to connect with you. You guys, make sure you check out Matt Labrie. Make sure you go and subscribe to his podcast as well. Go listen, learn some stuff. There's so many awesome podcasts out there. I highly recommend you check his out. So thanks so much, bro. I really appreciate you having me on.
1: I appreciate you having me on, man, and sharing your platform. I truly do appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: My pleasure, man. Thanks, guys. Matt Labrie. Make sure you check him out. We'll catch you later. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed chatting with Matt. Really nice guy. And you know what happens when you talk to these people that are being mentored by high-level people? You become more high-level. And it's just so amazing to be able to have conversations like this and to be able to be connected with people like this. And – you know, as the show grows, the quality of people grow and the conversations grow and you get to be right there. So I can't do this without you guys. I'm so appreciative of you. So grateful. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave a review and I'll read it on the air and the best review that I, the newest and best review, the most interesting one I'll read live on air. So I really want to grow this for you folks and just want you to know I appreciate you and thank you. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.